Hi guys, it's Ryan Benesh, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Elmiller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley, and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer slips and scores. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside, wrap, oh, scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Pro Lacrosse fans? Welcome to another edition of Pro Lacrosse Talk presented by Fanatics. Reminder to visit prolacrossetalk.com slash shop or prolacrossetalk.com slash shop dash CA for your official NLL team gear. I'm your host, Hutton Jackson, joined by my co-host, Adam Moore, as usual. Uh, welcome everyone that's listening, as well as those who are watching in video form on Spotify. Adam, I know this is a lacrosse podcast, but your Eagles are now in the NFL playoffs. My Ravens are not. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, but how was your weekend and how are you getting ready for this wild card weekend coming up? Yeah, man, ha- had a great weekend. Thanks for asking. I ha- got to sit back on like the, the poor Ravens fans out there making, getting so nervous if they would make it or not. Um, yeah, I had an awesome weekend just sitting back, uh, watching football, enjoying it. Won my fantasy championship a week prior, so I didn't even have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, really excited to, to see the birds take on Tom Brady. I think Jalen Hurts was three years old when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, which is kind of wild. So uh, it's been been an up and down season, but uh, uh, right now it's on the upswing for the birds. And you know what? I know another Philadelphia squad that started two and five uh, and went on to win a championship. And that was the Philadelphia Barrage in their first season uh, in Philly. So uh, if the Barrage can do it, why not the birds? Yeah, no, definitely a much easier viewing experience for you. And you know, as long as your team has a chance when you're in the playoffs, like you always have a chance. So um, yeah, unfortunately the Ravens are not, they've lost six of their last games, uh, six straight to, to get bounced heartbreak against the Steelers. You would have thought that would have been the worst experience football viewing experience <laughs> of the day for me. It was not because I placed the parlay of the Jags money line, plus the chargers and Raiders and then a tie. And because the Jags won, I was given the option to cash out early, which I did. Um, so rather than letting it ride and potentially winning $10,000, which was, was on the line, I cashed out for, you know, a nice $500, which was nice. Um, and had to watch that game and sweat as it came down to the final two seconds for the Raiders to kick that field goal. So I went from hoping that there might be a tie cashing out (laughs) to praying to God that that game did (laughs) not end in a tie and me make one of the biggest mistakes of my life (laughs) 
right there. So that was not a comfortable viewing experience at all. My Sunday was uh, t- t- quite, quite frankly, terrible. It did end on a high note though, because I did, you know, the cash out was worth it, but um, yeah, that was not fun. I, I don't ever want to do that type of bet again. If I do, I, I'm thinking maybe I'll bet it twice. Now we gave me my option to cash out one and let the sure. other ride kind of hedge both of them, you know, beforehand. But um, yeah, that was, that was not fun at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just a big football weekend though for us, right? The, there was a bunch of lacrosse on too, which we'll I think to this was the best NLL weekend uh, that we've had so far yeah, this sure. season. Um, so far, it, it was phenomenal. All these games were competitive. Um, all of them were close tempers were flaring, you know, in a bunch of these games or whatever, you had big comebacks, overtime victories. It was a great weekend for the NLL. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. It almost went off without a hitch. Unfortunately, Calgary and Rochester had to postpone their game uh, due to COVID concerns. So they were unable to play. Um, but I, I thought it was great the way the, the league, you know, handled the, every child matters. All the players wore shooter shirts. Um, before the game to bring awareness they were selling the shooter shirts on nllshop.com i think they're almost sold out now i haven't been able to i wasn't able to grab one in time i think only smalls adult smalls are left so there's still youth sizes available but unfortunately all the adult sizes are out hopefully they may be restocked but uh the proceeds are going to two foundations that help um you know kind of deal with the trauma great for the league to show that they had a nice little mini documentary in between games as well um so yeah I, i thought the handling of that was uh terrific uh, any thoughts on, you know, every child matters and kind of what the league has done to bring light to the situation this season so far? Yeah, anytime you can raise more awareness, educate people on on something as important uh, as this, uh, it, it's super important uh, to utilize uh, the platform that they have to do just that, you know, I mean, uh, I didn't really know much about uh, the situation, and I'm sure you, you didn't either before players uh, shed light on, on on this issue. So um, anyway, um, our platform can be utilized um, to, to shed light on this and uh, utilize it to, to educate others as the league is uh, something uh, that we all have to do and be mindful of. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked to Randy Stotts last week on our podcast. Um, he's done a lot with Turtle Island, him and Brendan Bomberry, yep. who Bomber will get to a little bit later, uh, lacrosse related mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but along with Lyle Thompson and a bunch of other indigenous athletes uh, in lacrosse, they've done a great job of bringing this issue to light and making it more than just an indigenous issue because it, you know, obviously it affected the indigenous community. Um, but, it, you know, it was being done by the governments of both Canada and U.S. So definitely research if you guys haven't researched. I know we've brought this up before, but we're going to continue to bring it up because it's that important of an issue. Um, but onto the actual lacrosse side of things, we can start off hot. Uh, in Vancouver on Friday, Mammoth versus the Warriors. I was pretty high on the Warriors. So were you. I kind of flip-flopped, though, on my picks because the Warriors had Keegan Ball out as well as Owen Barker, and that kind of made me think, okay, and Justin Salt as well, and that made me think, all right, those are three kind of key pieces. Um, maybe the Mammoth do pull pull this one out. So I flip-flopped, ended up being the right play, but didn't start out that way. The Vancouver Warriors started out scoring seven goals on seven shots, take a seven, nothing lead. It looked like they were going to run away with it. Um, Mammoth did rally though, and pulled within two goals going into halftime. Um, the score was 12 to 10 at half, 22 goals, goals scored that hit the total of 22 <laughs> before halftime. So, uh, if you were betting uh, the under on that game, uh, I apologize. Uh, it was a rough night for you. You never had a chance. Um, but thoughts on this game and Colorado's uh, amazing comeback. They ended up winning 18 to 15 when all was said and done. Um, what are your thoughts on both these teams? Do we know a little bit more about them after this game or are they both kind of still an enigma? 
I think they're they're we we know they have some firepower, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we had a guy in Ryan Lee get double digits in, in uh, not only points but assists as well. He had two goals on the night, but he had ten assists, which is which is pretty bonkers. And Kyle Kyle Killen had a really uh, awesome night with four four G notes for uh, the Warriors. But man, it was just awesome to watch. You know, it, you mentioned it; it's the, the weekend started off hot, uh, and and this one was a barn burner the entire time. So uh, they went back and forth between first quarter and second, and then uh, really close after that. So I I I'm really enjoyed this one, uh, and I I think these are both solid teams. Obviously, uh, tough nights for keepers uh, in this one early on, um, but I think they'll bounce back um, and and they'll go from there. But yeah, blast to watch this one for sure to start off the weekend. Yeah, no, and Alex Buque, you know, had one of his worst uh, games, you know, uh, obviously a worst game of the season, but worst games in a while. Um, you know, he was playing really, really well the past three games. Um, this one was kind of got away from him. He would end up being replaced eventually in the game. And Dylan Ward himself, too, didn't look too hot as well. Um, so, you know, I, I'm less concerned, obviously, about Dylan Ward than I am about Buque. Um, I think Buque will bounce back, but, you know, a little bit of concern there. I felt like I know less about these teams now. I was kind of, you know, expecting a, a Vancouver win that, you know, and again, I mentioned those three players they had missing. Those are three key pieces. So, you know, no disservice to those losses, but um, I still don't know about the Mammoth. I, I'm still confused. Like, you know, they obviously lay an egg on offense last week, and then this week they come out firing and, you know, sure. drop 18 goals. So, you know, I really don't know what to make of these two teams. I think they're still – for me, you know, top of the West, but I'd still probably put them behind the seals despite, you know, the Warriors obviously winning against the seals, um, you know, in week one, but yeah, definitely uh, interesting, you know, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing some more games from these teams because I I still don't know what to make of them yet. And I still think though, betting wise, it might be smart to put a future on the Vancouver Warriors because their odds are still pretty great. Um, They were 1800 going into this game. Whereas I think the mammoth were, you know, probably around, uh, 750 or something. So not much value on the Colorado, but uh, definitely Vancouver would be a team to maybe just sprinkle now to kind of set yourself up for success later if they do make a playoff run. Yeah. And, and you mentioned like, you, you don't know uh, what to make of this. One thing you do know is Reed Bowering is legit, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he is obviously we knew that he, he was the second overall pick, but he just had uh, is just an absolute dominant force out there. He had 16 loose balls in this one. So uh, that that's one guy I, I'm just really enjoying watching early on. That's why that's the main reason why this one was so fun to watch. Yeah. And for uh, a player that hasn't taken faceoffs, I believe he leave, leads the league in loose balls. And yeah, he has been as advertised uh, so far in his rookie season. Moving on now, we had some uh, matinee lacrosse mm-hmm. on Saturday. Wings Swarm in Philly. Uh, another tight game between these two teams. They've played tight uh, the past three games. This was no exception. Um, and Higgins wouldn't suit up because of his injury uh, in the past game, you know, with the ball going through his face mask. Um, you know, that was a, a horrific scene when it happened. Hopefully, you know, he's doing fine now. I know he tweeted out that he's doing okay. Um, but they ended up signing, you know, Eric Penny, um, who was on the Warriors and got cut, um, released earlier in the season. Obviously, he, you know, a veteran goaltender, and he came in and he really performed. Uh, you know, I don't think they missed a beat having him in cage. Um, he had 29 saves in the first half, finished with 50, um, which he's done a, multi- a few times in his career. So that was big for the, the, the Wings to get him in cage and to, you know, solidify that defense because, you know, they've struggled to kind of put teams away. And this kind of reared its ugly head, you know, later in this game as well. 
Um, this game was 2-2 going into half. So this is another game where it was the opposite. It looked like the under were going to be victors and it ended up hitting over, um, you know, barely towards the end of the game. But um, yeah, I, I think the Wings looked better. Blaze Reardon obviously uh, scored that overtime winner and they kind of escaped with a win um, because they had the lead and blew it with less than a second left, letting Brendan Bomberry get a wide open look at the net who tied yeah. it up. So that I think was, again, th- there have not been putting teams away in all, you know, obviously they lost their last game, but all three of their wins, they haven't been able to put teams a- away. And so right now they're sitting three and one pretty good, solid, you know, record in the East, but I'm going to need to see more from this team for me to believe that, you know, they can really, challenge for the NLL title like we believe they could going in this season I don't know do you have the same thoughts as me or are you kind of differ yeah obviously you'd like to see uh, I'm sure um, coach day probably would say the same thing want, wants to see them being able to pull away but it, I think there is something to say for a team that comes out on the right end of close games right I, I think they, they've been able to do that even um, with something like that late goal by bomber like some teams may fold after that, you know, it, uh, giving up a late goal. We see a lot of teams that, uh, after giving up a late goal like that may, may not win that game. So that's just something, um, to kind of spin it on a positive note, um, that, uh, I really like to see. And obviously love to see, uh, Eric Penny get, get that, uh, W under his belt. Obviously you would like to see them pull away. Um, I think it's good to see them have the ability uh, to pull out uh, and eke out close wins like that. Ben McIntosh is obviously uh, a great addition for that squad, led them in goals in this one. So um, definitely uh, another fun one uh, to watch. Yeah. And Lyle Thompson had five goals on the other end, uh, you know, another hat trick and, you know, he's, he's always loud in, as we say, Um, he's going to continue to keep this team in games. I think the swarm are a little bit weaker this year, but, um, you know, he's been continuing to keep them in it. Um, I will say too, you know, to your point, they're missing Ian Lord, they're missing Steph Charbonneau, yep. and they're missing uh, Corey Vitarelli uh, for the wings, even though they got Corey Small back on offense. So they were missing some, you know, three key pieces there. Another, you know, look at the, the Warriors missing those three key pieces. They weren't able to come away with a victory. Wings were missing three key pieces and did come away with a victory. So yeah, I, I do see your point in that, but I still, you know, I think this coming weekend against the Firewolves is going to be another good test for them. Um, and we'll get to that game a little bit later. Um, but I, I think I speak for everyone in saying the rock bandits um, might've been the feistiest matchup this weekend uh, between these two cross-border rivals um and it was nice to again tucker out lymphoma night for them uh in honor of sean williams a longtime nll player for the bandits son tucker who passed away in 2014 um from lymphoma they've been doing this every year and the bandits um continue to honor his legacy i thought that was another great moment um continue to you know to remember him and um they always do a great job and those jerseys look great too and then they auction them off as well as the gear um, to a good cause. I know kicks by Carly made some gear for Ian McKay that he auctioned off. So, um, you know, great to see people support that cause as well. It was a great weekend for causes, you know, not only, on, you know, lacrosse on the floor, but off the floor as well. Yeah. And I, I did think it was funny. As you mentioned, this one did get feisty. I, a tweet was before and after the two squads beforehand in their, in their jerseys, the camaraderie was there. And then not too long uh, into the, into the match there, there was some fisticuffs. So it's that, that was a pretty funny tweet. I saw over the weekend. Yeah, no, they, they got into it for sure. Um, and the rock, you know, we're without Dan Dawson and Tom Schreiber. Schreiber came off the COVID list, but he was still unable to play. 
Um, and that I think hurt them a little bit, but I also think this bandit seems just a wagon right now. They end up winning 12 to six. Um, it was close kind of throughout, but they just pull away. They have too much firepower. And then when you have Matt Vincent cage, um, you know, it's, it's a recipe for disaster for the other team. Um, yep. and Dane Smith, you know, reached 700 points mark. He's only 29 years old. He turns 30 on January 22nd. So, um, you know, we're going to talk later to this episode with a member of the thousand point club in Ryan Banesh. Um, you got Dane Smith. That's already at the 700 points mark. I mean, just absurdity right now. He's headed for an illustrious career, but we get to enjoy him in his prime right now. And, uh, you know, this offense is lights out. Chase Frazier had a big game. Um, I don't think anyone gets a crowd going like Chase Frazier. He did when he was on the chaos and he definitely did today. And, uh, he definitely did against the the rock and bandit land as well. But you mentioned the fisticuffs were flying. Um, you know, we had like a team wide brawl kind of mm-hmm. midway through the game late in the, the third quarter. And then towards the end of the game, when it was out of reach, uh, we had a tilt from host Strouser and Jordan Storos uh, and then Brent Noseworthy and Sheldon Burns went at it um, right at the end of the regulation. So uh, yeah, they, these teams do not like each other. I'm really looking forward to part two in Hamilton on February 12th, but um overall thoughts on the bandits as you know the top team in the nll right now up there with the thunderbirds so that matchup we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer between those two teams but that matchup is something to to mark on your calendars but um do you think the bandits are the real deal oh without a doubt they they have uh it on both sides of the floor and cage uh and on the offensive side too so i mean they 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 really relayed everything from the the pll season uh all those guys uh in into uh, a hot start for the bandits this year so um yeah they're they're an absolute uh wagon right now as you mentioned yeah those roommates could win back-to-back titles in less than a year um at this rate you know and it's a long season so yeah. still out of lacrosse play i still think the rock are a solid team too sure. uh, obviously two key pieces that they were missing um in this game but i think they'll have a better showing uh come february 12th looking forward to that for sure um other two games in the weekend the seals played panther city pretty bad beat for panther city plus two and a half betters um as it was 14 to 12 with seconds ticking down but you know the panther city team was trying to give themselves a chance at uh pulling within one and it ended up resulting in cam holding scoring an empty netter to give the final score of 15 to 12 so if you had panther city plus two and a half which our friend dan alexander did uh that was a bad beat for you so pretty pretty disappointing underdogs that are two and a half point underdogs are now four and one against the spread instead of five and oh which it could have been um so give credit to panther city for hanging around and uh give a shout out on the seal side to chris origlieri who at 19 years old made his first start in the nll and came away with a win so uh credit to him i'm feeling old now adam i'm sure you are too that these pro athletes who were born in the 2000s are coming around so um, it's kind of kind of weird feeling uh, having someone that's born in the 2000s make their pro debut. Yeah, absolutely bonkers. We, we're seeing it in way too many sports right now. We need to kind of slow things down. I hit the, <laughs> yeah, it's I just going to be more and more. We yeah. just have to accept it at this yep. point. Uh, and then another game, the Firewolves, they got their first victory against the Rush. Dougie Jameson held them to five goals. He made 31 saves uh, in this game. And we also had Ryan Banesh who made his debut after being traded from Panther City. He had two goals. And we got to actually speak to Ryan after the game. So let's hear from him in our interview earlier this week. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today on Pro Lacrosse Talk, we are lucky to be joined by 15-year veteran, one of only 11 players to crack the 1,000 career point mark, and newest member of the Albany Firewolves, Ryan Banesh. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Let's start off with this Firewolves debut. You were traded to the Firewolves earlier uh, this past week. Scored two goals in the game against the Rush. Um, you know, after just being traded days prior, and you guys ended up coming away with the win, Albany's first win of the season. What was the atmosphere like in Albany? It was awesome. Um, you know, I, for being in COVID times right now, I thought uh, you know we had a lot of fans at the uh, at the arena, and they were they were nice and loud and very passionate. And uh, you know, they brought the energy that we needed to succeed on the floor. So. It was a good, uh, it was a good team win. I thought, uh, you know, from top to bottom, everybody just played a great game. It's great to hear. And, you know, talking uh, about Albany a little bit more, the, the trade from Panther City reunited you with, with Glenn Clark, uh, who coached you during your time in Toronto. What was that uh, reunion like? It was nice to see him again. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since, uh, since Clarky coached me in Toronto. So, um, you know, a lot of things are, are different. A lot of things have changed since, you know, my first two years in the league when, uh, when he coached me in Toronto, but, uh, you know, I've always admired Clarkie as a coach. He's, uh, you know, he's a calm, collected guy and he's very well knowledge. So, um, you know, I'm happy to be a part of the, uh, the Firewolves. No, that's awesome. And, you know, you've been traded before in your career. Um, in fact, you were drafted by the San Jose Stealth before being traded to Toronto, um, where you, we just mentioned you played under Glenn Clark for two seasons, um where does this trade from Panther State to Albany kind of rank in most surprising or least surprising um and you know kind of recount some of your past trades uh you know where does this kind of line up um man that's a tough question uh <laughs> I mean surprise wise I, I was actually fairly surprised um I didn't really know it was coming um <clears throat> it's never a good thing when, when your GM calls you on a, on a Monday afternoon at three o'clock out of the blue. So once I saw Bob Hamley's name pop up on my phone, I, I figured something was going on. Um, so he told me, you know, he called, he called and told me that he traded me to, to Albany uh, in order, you know, kind of help me out. Um, obviously I have a, a new son that was born uh, six weeks ago and travel to Panther City is a little bit tougher than it is to go to Albany. So, um, you know, I'm really appreciative of him looking out for me in that way. It, it was a fun time in in, in uh, Panther City. You know, everybody was was so welcoming and so kind. And, you know, um, Greg Bibb treated us like gold. And, you know, I, I can only say thank you for 
allowing me allowing me to be a part of the the history of the team you know the startup of the team um and i got nothing bad to say i just i wish them all the best that's great to hear and i have to say you know you've been traded a bunch of times and you never ended up it in philly like i i've been a wings fan since i was a toddler and every time you get traded i'm like oh maybe he's coming to the wings and i always have to go against you when i was rooting as a fan so um you mentioned uh, you're a proud proud papa now how's that experience been for the first few months oh it's been awesome um yeah it's it's surreal you know you 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 wake up and you you go downstairs and you know my wife uh she's it's very supportive of me um through this whole you know situation i'm working night shift right now and then you know going away for weekends at a time to, to play lacrosse so um i get home and i spend some time with her and i spend some time with the with my boy and um you know, it's, it's an unreal feeling, you know, to, to be a father and I know it's just begun and, uh, you know, I'm excited to, you know, to venture down that path of, of, uh, fatherhood later on in life too. And I can teach them, you know, how to play hockey and how to play lacrosse and other sports. So it's just, uh, so far it's been an amazing journey and, and, um, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. You know, it'll be nice to hopefully see another Vanesh. Um, down the road in the NLL, hopefully, right? Yeah, that would be awesome. That would are, be... are you gonna? Are you gonna uh, do? Even though uh, this is year fifteen, are you gonna try and do the LeBron and and, and maybe play <laughs> with Park one day? Yeah, that would be awesome. Right? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll be coaching at some point. There we Who go. Knows, right? Love it. Um, and now you know you won't play Panther City in the regular season, but you will be facing Halifax, who you were a member of last year twice. Now that you're in the East Division. Um, any conversations with your former Thunderbirds teammates? Uh, a couple of them. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I still keep in contact with uh, Shanksy, Stephen Keel, Wiz. Um, you know, we have a little group chat that we have. Um, you know, we, we, we talk regularly. So uh, I talk to Stephen pretty much every week just to see how he's doing, how things are going. And uh, I might have told him that I can't wait to run him through the boards in a couple of <laughs> weeks. But, uh, you know, he's – we were roommates for a long time for a few years. Right. So Steven and I have a very solid friendship and um, it's going to be weird playing against them, but um, you know, it's, it's a business and, you know, we're going to try and do anything we can to get the win. We, we mentioned at, uh, at the top of the show, how, how you, you've racked up a bunch of points. You have a, had a phenomenal career, but you haven't gotten that first ship under your belt yet. And uh, you got really close in 2016 with the bandits. How much does that really drive you uh, in year 15 to try and get one under your belt? Yeah, it's pretty much the only reason why I'm still playing, to be honest with you. Um, it's the one trophy that's eluded me my entire lacrosse career. Um, it, you know, I, I've been bounced around from team to team and I've had some uh, some close calls, but ultimately, you know what, like the goal is on any team that you're part of, the goal is to win the championship. So um being a part of the firewolves here i think we got a good chance you know before covid uh hit they were first in the league so uh, you know they still have all the pieces there too and if uh if dougie jameson plays the way that he played uh on saturday night we're we're in very good shape you know he looked like he was back at peak performance you know um only allowing five goals against a rush team that's you know pretty good too so um, it was a good one for you guys. What's the vibe been overall in Albany now that you've been there? I know you've only been there for, you know, a little bit over a week now, but what's the vibe been like? It, it's just an excitement to, to continue. Um, you know, I think 
that win against Saskatchewan really uh, was a very uplifting moment in the locker room. Um, obviously, losing your first two games of the season uh, isn't something that you want to do, but to bounce back and have a statement win like that against a team like Saskatchewan is, is, uh, is a pretty good thing to have um, going into your next week's game. No, absolutely. Well, now we're going to move on to our five and five segment. I'll ask you five lacrosse questions and we'll ask you five off the floor questions. My first one is what are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have and how have they kind of changed throughout your career? Uh, pregame superstitions. I kind of, I tend to just do everything the same every weekend. So I'll wake up, have breakfast, have a coffee, um, shoot around, nap, and then go to the game. And then uh, when it comes time to putting my equipment on I tend to put everything on my right side first before my left gotcha awesome uh number two what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at and that can be you know away venue home venue uh throughout your entire career um I gotta say I gotta say Buffalo or Colorado for sure um mm -hmm. just you know they they get the most fans and it was like how can you how can you not say Banditland really when you mm -hmm. when you if you've played there you know and if if you've watched games you know how exciting they are too so I'd say Banditland for sure yeah Banditland and the Loud House in Colorado are definitely uh two that are most mentioned all the time by both players that play for those teams and those that don't as well so um great environments number three what is your current stick set up in terms of head shaft and stringing my stick is, uh, I have an Under Armour Charge head, I believe. It's just a mid-high mid -high pocket, uh, four shooting strings. So three across and one U. I, I'm, I think I might be the only guy that still does the horseshoe in a stick <laughs> in the league. But um, I, get, uh, I get my buddy Patty Saunders to string up my sticks. I just actually went to his house last week and picked up a few that he, that he dialed up for me so that uh, – I could actually play a decent game on Saturday. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I actually used to use the U too. Um, and then when I got to college, they outlawed the U and field lacrosse. And so I had to go away from it. I haven't used it since then, but I loved having, I had the W actually when I yeah, was in, in high school good. or whatever and get that hold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, number, I, they work, man. They work. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. Number four, who is a lacrosse player you either looked up to when you were younger or has been a mentor during your career? Um, there's been a few. Um, obviously, Colin Doyle is one of them, mm -hmm. being from Kitchener. Uh, he also coached me in junior, so um, I was fortunate enough to learn a lot from him. Um, guys like Aaron Wilson, you know, Josh Sanderson's, and obviously, you know, John Tavares, John Grant Juniors. Um, you know, you watch them. And you, you try to emulate your game a little bit of, of each one of those guys and take some pieces from their game and add it to yours. So, um, yeah, it's, I've, I've been fortunate to watch and play with, you know, a lot of those great players. No, and you're, you know, in the rankings with them too in career points as well. So a, a nice uh, community that you guys have in the yeah. top lacrosse players in the NLL for sure. Uh, moving on now um, to the fifth and final question of the lacrosse-related ones. If they made an NLL video game, who would you say deserves to be on the cover? Obviously, you just mentioned some legends right there, but, you know, it can be a current player or former player. Current player? Um, I, don't want to, I don't want his head to get any bigger than it already <laughs> is, but I'd probably say Dane Smith. Um, 
you know, he's, he's one of the best in the game right now. Uh, Challen Rogers would be a good, good fit too. Um, who else could we throw up there? Mark Matthews, obviously, you know, he's a stud. Lyle Thompson. There's so many guys you could put up there. It just, yeah, you just take your pick of whoever. It could be, yeah, anybody, man. Like, there's so many guys you could throw up on that cover. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, and then I'll take the the non lacrosse related question. So, sticking with sports, what's number one though? You mentioned uh, you like hockey. I'm curious if that's going to be your answer. But favorite athlete uh, that doesn't play lacrosse that you're like watching right now? Athlete that doesn't play lacrosse. Um, Geez, right now, probably Austin Matthews. Yeah, I'd say he just, yep. just the way that he that he can shoot the puck is is amazing, right? Like you just watch him; he looks so nonchalant in his uh, in his game, and then he just fires the puck at hundred miles an hour and yeah. top G's. So, I'd say Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, even too. Both good. Yeah, both fun to watch. Uh, number two, what are some hobbies? I know uh being a dad takes up a little bit of your time probably but how about hobbies uh you enjoy when you're not on the floor um man i don't really have too much time for hobbies right now yeah um usually i just you know i go i go to work i come home i go to bed and then i'm busy with the family but uh no like if if i have time to do stuff it's it's usually just hanging out with friends right um just staying in touch um you know go out, outside on the pond out, out back play a little bit of shinny or something nice good stuff uh number three favorite spot to vacation well i haven't been on too many so right now i'm gonna <laughs> have to say uh dominican republic my okay. wife and i went a couple of years ago um that was a pretty fun trip yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh i've always wanted to go um to the maldives the maldives or is that how you sure. say it now yeah well, they just yeah. that looks looks unreal but pretty much anywhere that's got uh that's got an open bar would be a good place to go <laughs> yeah it checks it off the list right <laughs> Love it. uh and obviously with open bar you gotta have a good meal too so favorite favorite meal uh chicken parm okay chicken parm or or sushi actually sushi would be tops if it's if it's fresh okay. it's gotta be fresh all right, good. Yeah, I think chicken parm is usually yeah. a staple, and uh, sushi's sushi's moving up the list. I think for sure, De- definitely, yeah. definitely chicken parm has been the like yeah. the pantheon of answers for for our our uh, our guests on the show. But sushi yeah. definitely has been going well, up. Like chicken parm is like pretty much all we ever get, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for like fifteen years, I swear every weekend I'm eating chicken parm. <laughs> <laughs> Subconsciously, you got to make it your your number one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then last off the field question, uh, you binge in, I know you mentioned you don't have too much time, but you binge in any shows, any recommendations, TV podcasts, anything like that right now? Uh, Yellowstone, actually. I finally jumped on the train. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I've been uh, binge watching it like crazy. Probably shouldn't be because I should probably be sleeping when I get a chance. But no, I'm uh, I'm almost caught up on, on uh, Yellowstone. And then, you know, there's sons of anarchy i was into for a while um that's a wicked show you yeah. can't go wrong with that one and, and breaking bad was was awesome too nice yeah I, I i did the the same thing uh i recently had a kiddo a little bit before you about seven months ago so the 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 binging while at like 3 a.m when when bo- it's bottle time or whatever yellowstone yeah. and i i think some of my choices probably weren't the best it's like yellowstone 
uh, Vikings, uh, so, some stuff a kid probably shouldn't watch, maybe subconsciously. She might be taking some of that in down the road, but it's all right. They won't um, remember. That, yeah, they're, they're, they're young enough right now. <laughs> uh, that wraps up our five and five. My final question I always like to ask our guests is what are some advice that you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Take all the advice that you can get from anybody, um, you know, and always keep your stick in your hand. I know it's a, it's a cliche amongst um, lacrosse players, but, you know, keeping that stick in your hand and hitting the wall whenever you can, you know, I know it's not easy all the time to get to an arena and, and take shots on the net. So your next best thing is, is getting to a school and, and finding some, um, some bricks and, you know, aiming for a spot on those bricks and, and honing in your skills. Right. Um, I've always said that uh, in order to be successful, you have to put in the work off the floor just as much as you do on the floor. So, you know, keeping that stick in your hand and, and doing anything you can, taking any advice that you can get from coaches or players, you know, will, will take you a long way too. No, I think that's some great advice for our young listeners. Well, we certainly appreciate you hopping on, Ryan, and uh, best of luck going forward with the Albany Firelands. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so we appreciate Ryan hopping on uh, this episode with us. Uh, again, illustrious career. 36 years old, still kicking it, looking for that championship. You know, maybe this is the year that the Firewolves make a run and, and he does get that. They certainly showed up this weekend um, and looked like the team we knew them, they were before the pause last uh, NLL season. So, um, I, you know, I'm still trying to figure out the Firewolves. I think it's going to be another tough test against the Wings. Um, so that's a good segue right now into our matchup of the week. We both agree on this one. Uh, the Firewolves versus the Wings, the new Wings versus the old Wings franchise. Thoughts on this game and what are you looking forward to most uh, in this upcoming matchup between the Firewolves and the Wings in Philly? Yeah, um, this is obviously a, a big one uh, for Wings fans, the, the old franchise versus the new franchise. At the dot, you have Trevor Baptiste and Joe Nardella, two of the best face-off guys in the world uh, going at it. So this is this is going to be uh, a super interesting matchup, um, especially with how potent this Wings offense is. You mentioned uh, Dougie Jameson, uh, and uh, Ryan also mentioned him and how well he's playing. So this will be a uh, really interesting matchup. It's, it's, I'm really excited uh, to watch this one this weekend. Yeah, me too. And again, I think it will be another good test for the Wings. Again, they're three and one. I know I keep criticizing them for not, you know, putting away teams, but uh, um, this is going to be another t- tough test for them. Another matinee lacrosse too, Saturday uh, afternoon um, in Philadelphia. So another n- nice uh, weekend afternoon game for us lacrosse fans. Um, yeah, this is mine to look out for. You know, obviously the battle at the dots big. Um, in cage too, you know, I think we'll get Eric Penny probably back again. Um, maybe we'll get Higgins, but regardless of who it is in cage for the wings, going to be a good goalie matchup between him and Dougie Jamison. You got two offenses that have shown they can score. You know, obviously the firewalls have been down a little bit this year. Um, you know, I still have some key offensive pieces and the wings obviously are a wagon on offense. So um, I don't know how I kind of feel. We don't know the total just yet. Um, so I don't know how I feel about this one total wise, but um, you know, I think it could be one of the more lowest scoring games of the weekend, just given 
who we're going to have in cage, but uh, we'll definitely have sure. to see. It's going to be a battle. And I, you know, is it going to be another overtime uh, for the wings fans? We'll have to see, but that moves us to our game picks. Uh, I'm taking the bandits seals, wings, thunderbirds, and Panther city this weekend. Adam, who are you taking? I'm going bandits seals. I know it's probably sacrilegious and my Philly sports card may be taken away, but I'm going firewolves in that one uh, without how well they're playing um, going rock. Uh, and I'm sticking with Panther city for another week for them to get that first dub. Yeah. I, I do think Panther city, this is a good spot for them. Um, you know, riptide have been off for a little while, so they're going to have some time to prepare, but um, I do like Panther city. I feel like Panther city coming off of this, even though it was a tough loss, is giving them a little bit more momentum than the Riptide will have. I think, you know, the Riptide could maybe get off to a sluggish start. So I think this is a good spot for Panther City. And I think you can maybe keep your your Philly card, even though you're not rooting for the Wings, you are rooting for an old Wings franchise. So might be a technicality there that you're able to keep that Philly sports card. But those are our picks for the weekend. Before we get going, we do have some PLL stuff to discuss because roster movement is coming up. The offseason is about to start on January 18th. Um, so less than a week away as of recording this podcast, uh, which means we're going to be getting some PLL offseason news very soon. Coaches will have the ability to make roster moves uh, on January 18th and before January 24th when the player signing window starts. So you could see some coaches make some moves, whether dropping or adding players from the player pool or even some trades. Any big names on your radar, Adam, in terms of uh, people that might move during the signing window? Yeah, one guy I, I'm curious uh, if he, he'd stick around, we I've been talking up the Firewolves, and that's one of their big guys and Andrew Q. Um, I really thought he was going to have a bigger role um, with the Cannons uh, last year. Uh, Coach Quirk, I was really excited when, when he uh, traded for him uh, right before the season last year. And um, I think he could be an absolute dominant force uh, for, for someone uh, who, who's looking for a guy like that. Obviously, Lyle Thompson loves playing with Shane Jackson, and um, I think that probably had a, a big role uh, in, in why he didn't um, produce as much. But I, I think uh, in the right situation, uh, Andrew Q could be super dominant in the PLL next summer. Yeah, no, for sure. And it'll be interesting, too, what coaches decide to do because they have to you know, finalize their roster before the 24th so that way they can start making those signings and restructuring contracts to, you know, get within that threshold that they have now this coming season. So not really a free agency period per se, but pretty close to one in terms of, you know, there are, is still going to be some player movement and a player that I think is going to be on the move is Jake Ficaro. I think he's too good to not be starting, you know, not, you know, being a healthy scratch on this chaos team. Obviously they won a championship without him. Um, and that's not a disservice to him or to Andy Towers for not playing him. He, you know, Andy Towers joined us on the podcast after they won, and he laid out the reasons why they went with a different offensive personnel than for Caro. But I think that gives uh, Coach Towers some leverage to trade for Caro, maybe for some pieces. Um, so I don't know where he'll end up. I, you know, my proposed trade would maybe to see him actually go to the Cannons um, and maybe the Chaos get a defender back, um, you know, maybe like a Holden Garland. I don't think you'll see Brody Merrill necessarily go back. Um, to the chaos but I do think that while this defense played well down the stretch they could add another defender especially given that Johnny Surtick, um and his military commitments not might might not always be available so I'd like to see them maybe trade Procaro, um to the cannons and you know I don't know if coach Quirk will go for that but maybe they get Holden Garland back as a defender sure. um, and you know they have a spot opened up now on midfield with Rabel retiring and Connor Busick may not have many more seasons so um, that's the other thing is with some of these retiring players, there's some spots opened up 
for some of these rosters. Um, another team, the Chrome, they could be a destination too, because Joel White and John Galloway opened up some spots, obviously different position, but I think maybe they could also be in for Fricaro and they also have a lot of defenders that they could trade. You could see James Barclay who played with, you know, Jared Newman at Providence, maybe get traded. He's also a versatile, he could play short stick defensive midi and pole. Um, I think chaos are pretty good at short stick defensive midi right now, but wouldn't hurt to have someone uh, of his caliber, you know, and uh, I think whatever it ends up being chaos are going to get some picks back. Um, You could see, you know, them traded, he, he could get traded for some players, but I think they're going to get picks back. So those are the two spots I think would make the most sense, but I wouldn't rule out the archers either, given the fact that for played under coach Bates um, played with Tom Schreiber when he was at Princeton for a couple of years. So that's also, you know, something to look out for. I just think given archers crowdedness on offense, it makes it a little bit unlikely that that happens, but we'll have to see, you know, and there's still a realistic possibility he gets, uh, released if a trade can't get done again that's not not really a disservice to him it's more just the fact that if the market's not available for someone to you know want his services uh you could see him you know drop to the player pool I don't think it happens I think coach Towers gets something for him and is able to trade him to another team I think there's going to be some teams in for him but um, he's a player that I'm looking out for to kind of watch where he ends up because I think he might be on the move before this signing window starts on January 24th but that is our episode for this week. Uh, enjoy talking with you as always, Adam. We are not going to have a Twitter spaces this weekend, but we will going forward. So next week, have to sit tight uh, this weekend and we'll miss you guys on Twitter for sure. But uh, we appreciate you guys tuning into that as well. Appreciate you tuning in this episode. Thank you, Ryan Banesh, for joining us this episode as well. It's always great to talk to one of the legends of the game. Um, and we hope you know that he is able to make that run and get an LL Cup before his career is over. But we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate you tuning in on Twitter uh, each week. We appreciate you tuning in on Spotify and watching this episode if you're watching. And we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.